Welcome to Staring Vegans, the podcast where famous and not so famous guests share their unique vegan stories. If you like the podcast, I would be really grateful if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, as it will help people discover it. Thank you. And now, on to today's episode. This is episode 7 of the podcast. I'm your host, Cyrielle, and today I'm talking to Sarah Tweed, aka Farm Girl Goes Vegan on Instagram. She's originally from Northern Ireland, but has been living in London for 10 years. She's the daughter of a dairy farmer, and she went vegan in 2017, after watching Cowspiracy on Netflix. We had a great chat talking about her journey, how it was to tell her dad about her switch to veganism, and many more things. So here it is. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Sarah. Hi. Hi. Thank you for being here today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to hear your story. So we're going to start with some warmer questions and then we'll talk about your vegan journey. First one, what's your favorite animal and why? Ooh, favorite animal and why? Mm, It's weird. People often say that I look like a flamingo. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to say flamingo and because it is pink. And people can probably see from my Instagram page if they follow me, my hair is very much pink. But I learned a fact about flamingos, which is apparently that they're not actually pink, except because of what they eat. Oh, yeah. It's kind of cool. Apparently, they eat pink shrimps or something like that, which makes them pink. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, uh, second question. What quick meal do you like to make or to eat? Ooh, good quick meal. I would say vegan pesto pasta because pesto is so easy. You can pretty much just like put it on anything. It doesn't even need to be pasta, but that is one of my go-tos if I'm like, can't be bothered to make something. I always have pesto in the cupboard, the free from version. Fire that on with some vegetables and pasta and away you go. Great meal. That's good. Yeah. And the last one, if you had the superpower to turn people vegan, who would you choose and why? Oh... I am going to say my dad. Okay. Because <laughs> as you will find out, my dad is a dairy farmer. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he does eat vegan food every so often, but I would love for him to be full vegan. So if he's listening to this, I'm sure he'll find this funny. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, well, we're going to hear about that because that's the first real question is what does your vegan journey look like? And when did it begin? How did you become vegan? Okay, so as you may or may not know, I was born and raised on a dairy farm in Northern Ireland, which is where I'm from. Um, I didn't know anything about veganism at all growing up. Obviously, I just lived on a farm. That was normal. It was my dad's job. It was just, you know, how things were. And so obviously, I ate meat and dairy and all that kind of stuff for my whole life. And I actually live in London, well, the majority of the time I live in London, I've lived in London for 10 years, and it was only in 2017, and it was kind of the night after, so it was New Year's Day, so after a big New Year's Eve party, and I was sort of like, you know, wanting something to do, but was feeling a bit worse for wear, so I decided to watch a documentary, and for some reason, I don't really know why, I think um, on the homepage of Netflix was cowspiracy or cowspiracy 
if you want to say it in an English accent. Um, and I was just like, oh, well, I'll watch that. That looks interesting. And obviously, when I started watching it, I was like, whoa, this is a shock. Like, what is going on here? Because I just didn't know any of these facts about, like, animal agriculture and the kind of impact on the environment and just all the stuff that is going on in factory farming. I just had no idea. And I guess I was kind of shocked by that because... I lived on a farm. Yeah. I thought that maybe I might know some of this stuff, but of course I didn't. So I watched that. I was very shocked. And I told my boyfriend at the time, I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I'm going to have to go vegan. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I also want to do my own research because, you know, sometimes when you watch like documentaries and stuff, you don't really know if like it's all factual or if maybe things are exaggerated. It's just, it's really hard to tell with documentaries. So I thought I'll go away. I'll do my own research and I'll see what I come back with. And of course, what I researched was supporting exactly what was in the documentary. So I basically just went cold turkey vegan pretty much straight away and was just like, I'm a vegan now. (laughs) And, you know, there's that thing of like, when you go vegan, you just want to tell everyone that you're vegan, (laughs) which is, I always said to myself, that's what I wouldn't do. But for some reason, you're just kind of compelled to do that. So I remember kind of just going into work and being like, hey guys, I'm vegan now. (laughs) And everyone in work is just like, oh no. (laughs) But yeah, that's pretty much it. And I, from there, just went vegan. So that's what, like four and a half, years ago now um and yeah I've kind of just taken it from there I didn't actually really start my vegan Instagram page for I think about a year because again I didn't really want to tell my family I was a bit concerned about what they might think um that was going to be my question since you're a you know your dad was a dairy farmer and obviously when you turn vegan, your family will have to know about it at some point because, you know, you go you eat with them. So, yeah, what was the family's reaction? You died particularly, but even everyone. How was it to tell them, to tell him? Were you worried? How was it? I was worried. I definitely told my mum first because <laughs> I was concerned about telling my dad. But I think I managed to keep it from them for quite a while because I was living in London, so I knew I wouldn't have to see them for a bit. So I normally only went home probably about once a year and there was an occasion coming up where I knew I was going to have to be at home and see them and going to have to eat something. So I think my mum sort of remembers her talking about something she was going to cook whenever I was back and me just going, hmm, well, I maybe might not be able to eat that. And then she's like, why? So then I explained, obviously, that I had gone vegan. And I think the initial response was just kind of one of like shock or surprise, I guess, because it's just not really like a common thing for people from Northern Ireland to be vegan, I guess, because it's very traditional kind of agricultural uh, background, I suppose. But after the initial shock and the initial concern around, you know, whether I was sort of angry at dad or like targeting him in any way, I obviously explained that it was nothing to do with my dad personally and his job because he is a, fa- a farmer's son of a farmer's son and had no real choice in what sort of occupation he took on. He kind of just took on the farm as was his duty mm-hmm. and as was his way to make money for his family. So I said to her, you know, I don't have any issue with dad and what he has done or is doing. It's not about that. It's more about the kind of wider industry, I suppose, and the wider animal agriculture industry and the cruel practices and stuff. And once they kind of understood that it wasn't a personal attack on them, then I think they were able to be like, 
okay, you know, we understand. So, I mean, when I go, do go home, my mum always tries to get in like oat milk and, you know, vegan cheese and like different things that I can eat. And she's always asking, what can I cook for you? Like, what will you eat type thing? So they're definitely open to it. And I've cooked tons of vegan meals for them, which they have really enjoyed. And like, they ask for advice and things to cook all the time and things they can switch out, maybe like different meat alternatives and things like that. So I would definitely say that I've been quite lucky. There was no real like anger I guess the only slight thing was my grandparents because <laughs> I think for the generation past my parents it's like what are you doing like who are you what are you doing <laughs> so yeah. they didn't really understand it and I think actually my brother took more of the brunt of that when he went vegetarian I think he had my grandfather shouting just eat the bloody meat and things like this at him <laughs> But yeah. yeah, I would say that I've been quite lucky. That's great. I think that they're able to support you, even though their beliefs obviously are very different. And your dad, is he still a farmer then? So he actually retired last year or maybe the year before it was. He took early retirement. And I think largely just because it's such a tough job, like it's exhausting. He never really enjoyed it. It wasn't like something he loved doing. He just did it because it was his job. So luckily he was able to take early retirement. So he has been not doing any farming, just going around mending fences and doing kind of that kind of stuff. And yeah, not actually anything to do with animals at all anymore, which is kind of nice because then being home, it means I don't have to like see anything like that I wouldn't want to see, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but actually when, so I've been living in Northern Ireland for the lockdown. So I was there for like the last seven months and we actually adopted or rescued, I guess you could call it three lambs. So I don't know if you saw this via my Instagram page. I saw it on Instagram, actually, yeah. So basically a local sheep farm had some little, I guess what you could call runt lambs that weren't going to make it because there wasn't enough milk to go around from their mothers, which is, you know, a shame. But um, they weren't going to make it, so we took them on. And so the three of them, they're called uh, Blossom, Bubbles and Buttercup. And they lived in our house, me, my sister and her husband, we live in the house together. And they lived in our house for about two weeks. And my dad was so great at coming and helping us with them because obviously, I mean, he's never looked after sheep, but he just knows a lot about like animals and livestock and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we were doing, you know, staying up all night feeding them to make sure that they were okay and like all this kind of stuff. And he would come down and help us with that. And now they are about, we got them in February. So what does that make them? They're like a few months old now. And they're just hilarious. Like they're so funny. They're out in the fields now, like always trying to escape and like being really naughty and things. But like my dad loves them. And actually what's so good is that both my parents and like my whole family have basically said they will never eat lamb again, having met these lambs. Because you can just tell they have personalities. Like they are unique little individuals yeah. and they're all so different and like, My dad, I think he sees them as like his little kind of sheep grandchildren. <laughs> so he like loves coming up and looking after them and like making sure they're okay and everything, which is really nice to see because I guess he's just never really had animals in that way where they are just literally there to just be themselves. There's no purpose for them. They just get to live, which is really nice and such a privilege to be able to do that for them. Yeah, being able to be around animals and knowing that they're not going to end up slaughtered and have a, that horrible fate must be like a big change for him and it's probably a relief for you to be able to go home without having that thought at the back of your head so but it's good that now he's retired so you can kind of relax when you go exactly it's a bit more chilled <laughs> yeah so I saw like on Instagram your sister 
so you said she rescued the lambs with you. So she, is she vegan now? Because I saw you, she, she did veganery. So like with your help? Yes. So I would say she is 90 to 95% vegan. And actually she's doing what she's calling the June right now, <laughs> where she's gone like full vegan again. Um, I think the one thing that she struggles with probably is when she's at work, because I would say like the kind of options in the shops in Northern Ireland are actually quite far behind what they would be in London. So for like convenience foods and stuff like that, I think it's a bit more difficult. So the things that she would struggle with is more cheese than it is meat. So she hasn't eaten meat since Veganure and I don't think she'll ever eat meat again, to be honest, which is a great victory in my eyes. And even her husband, like he didn't do Veganure, but he has massively reduced his meat consumption because when we cook in the house, we're cooking vegan anyway. So because we all cook together, it makes more sense for us all to cook together because then there's no much, there's not much food wastage. But yeah, so mm-hmm. I would say that my sister is pretty much 90% vegan and she definitely like gets it and understands it and really wants to be vegan but just sometimes with like the convenience foods and just if you're not prepared like if you haven't prepared your lunch at home which you don't always have time you know what it's like you wake up in the morning and you're like oh damn I've not prepared my lunch or whatever so you have to get something from the shop and if there's nothing there then she'd end up having you know like a cheese sandwich or something like that but like I'm super proud of her actually like it's such a difference from before I lived there So that's nice to see like the change actually happening. And again, like she'll ask me questions all the time, like what's good for this? What could I replace with this? This kind of stuff. And we find so many options that work for both her and her husband. So I think that is really good progress in my eyes anyway. Yeah. One of my questions generally is what's your proudest vegan moment? So maybe that's it for you, like having been able to have that influence on your sister and family in general, but mainly your sister probably. Yeah, I think that is really good. And like just the vegan era experience this year in general was really good because I had my sister, my brother, his girlfriend and my brother's girlfriend's sister. <laughs> all of them did vegan era together. And we all had like a little WhatsApp group where we kind of put like questions and different recipes in and stuff. And that was really good. Just seeing them all give it a try and actually being like, it's not that hard, which was quite good. And then the other thing that I would say is probably my proudest moment is being able to share the story of the lambs on my Instagram has made so many people come forward and say, I'm not going to eat lamb. I love these lambs. And complete strangers that I've never met before will just be like, these lambs are incredible. Like, I love them so much and I cannot believe that I ever ate lamb. And that's exactly how I felt because actually, and this is like a horrible thing for me to admit, but the last meat I ever ate was lamb. And now having these lambs as like, you know, almost like children, basically, it's just horrible. So to have other people who are strangers being like, you know, I love the taste of lamb, but I've seen these lambs grow up with you. I'm not going to eat it is like amazing. So I feel super proud about that. Definitely. Yeah, that's a massive achievement. That's what I love about like people sharing their, their journeys and sharing on Instagram and social media because it's it's so much easier now to go vegan and to see what's happening and to realize that animals are just, you know, like us. They they have feelings and yeah. they have personalities and I think social media can have downsides, but definitely for that, for people to be able to see things they would not have seen otherwise. Yeah. Can understand why it's a proud vegan moment. Going back to you, you watched Cowspiracy. Yes. So after watching it, were there any resources that were really useful to you that helped you going? Were there anyone that was really influential, someone or some pages or some YouTubers? 
Yeah, so like I watched Cowspiracy, but then I went on a bit of like a vegan documentary rampage, you could call it. <laughs> so I watched What the Health. I watched, uh, I think the one's called Forks Over Knives. There's also Land of Hope and Glory, which is made, I think, by Earthling Ed, who is that quite famous activist. Yeah. So I started following his page quite early on in my journey, which I found really good because I like how he kind of delivers the vegan message like it's very factual based I mean obviously he does talk about like slaughter and stuff like that as well but it is very fact based and he cites like a lot of research which I think is more mm -hmm. helpful than talking about all the horrible like brutality all the time I think using facts and especially about like the environment and stuff can really help people but yeah so that was one thing so Earthling Ed's page and the other documentaries but then also a couple of friends well they're friends not they weren't friends at the time is a page called so vegan which is roxy and ben and they've got this book so vegan in five and the reason i find this book so good is because every recipe in it only has five ingredients and i think the thing that people think about veganism is they're like oh no that's way too complicated for me i, I couldn't do that i'm gonna need like 25 ingredients like i'm not gonna have any of that weird stuff in my house but actually when you look at the recipes it's very basic stuff and a lot of it you would already have. So I find that book so helpful like in the early days because I was just like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know what these ingredients are. Like everything seems very complicated, but they just simplify it in such a good way that you're like, actually, I can do this. Like it felt quite like a supportive thing to have around. So I really like their page. And if you look on their Instagram, like their videos are amazing. Like it's not rubbish food because it has five ingredients it's the best things you can make with those five ingredients basically so I really like that page and then there are like a lot of research studies that have been done but I feel like you really need to delve into those like you really need to be serious about finding out the facts like I don't think they're that accessible if you just want to like learn some facts so I think it is good to just follow kind of vegan pages and stuff but I tend to just follow ones that are more about the food and like the kind of fun side of it, which is what I try to do as well on my page. Like I don't really post things like slaughterhouse footage or anything graphic because I wouldn't want somebody to like happen upon my page and see that when they're not ready for it, if you know what I mean? Because I feel like I probably wouldn't have been ready for it myself. Like it's just not how I kind of receive information. So I just try as much as possible to promote the fun side and like transitioning in the food side in the hope that people will then see the other side as they go along and they kind of realize that you know animals like we said do have personalities and are lovely little beings that just want to be alive basically yeah i understand what you mean and usually the big pages have this kind of information i think it's good to have different sides because some people will need this kind of shocking factors to kind of have a wake-up call but other people as you said yes might be put off by watching this or seeing this and so yeah I think it's great to have a bit of everything and I think your page is great because yeah showing food as well helps people to realize that actually you can make everything vegan now yeah there's not a thing that you can't make that's vegan you know maybe like the fake meats and stuff but I mean in terms of cooking yourself and like bakery and all these things which I think might be the toughest for people because milk and butter and all these things are kind of hidden a bit everywhere and and eggs I think that's probably what people would struggle most yeah and actually talking about struggling what was your biggest struggle like or challenge because you went straight vegan it was cold turkey as you said yeah I think still for me the hardest thing to cut out would have been cheese and I think just because at that time, like the vegan cheese market, I guess you could call it, 
probably wasn't as advanced as it is now. I still think that cheese is a bit of a struggle, especially like supermarket brand cheeses, because I think there are absolutely amazing brands out there in terms of vegan cheese, like but like artisan type cheeses. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be something you buy all the time. So for example, Kindaco, I Am Not Okay, Strictly Roots Vegan Cheese, like all of those are absolutely amazing, but they're not necessarily affordable for everyone on every budget. And like, you couldn't have it all the time, even though I would totally want to because they're delicious. But for like supermarket cheeses, I still think that is a bit behind the curve. Like you have some better ones coming through now, like Applewood smoked vegan cheese is really good. And you've got like, I guess, BioLife and Cheese and brands like that. But at the time when I went vegan, there really wasn't that much variety. And I would try loads from the supermarket and just be like, this is horrible. (laughs) Like it just, a lot of them are made of coconut and I don't really like coconut that much. Like I like it in certain things, but I don't like an overwhelming amount of coconut. So I really did struggle with that. And so basically what I had to do is just completely cut cheese out. Like initially I was just like, I'd rather just not have any if this is what the option is, <laughs> which sounds bad, but um, yeah, it was definitely a thing. So for a while, I did just cut cheese out because it just, for me, it wasn't worth it. But then I obviously started to get back into it and try a few more as I went along. But even now, like that was the thing that I said about my sister is that she still struggles with vegan cheese. I don't feel like anybody has fully cracked the just straight up mature cheddar. I've heard that there's certain brands that are getting there now. Like apparently the mature Violife one is pretty good. It's called Epic Mature or something like that. I've not tried it yet, but um, I think that probably would have been my biggest struggle. But also just on the go sandwiches and stuff weren't that great whenever I first started. For some reason, it was always like hummus and vegetables in a sandwich. And I'd just be like, I don't really want that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not really what I want in a sandwich. When I think of sandwiches, I think of like egg and cress or like a ham sandwich or coronation chicken sandwich. Like you want to have something that is actually decent in a sandwich. And those things just weren't available when I first went vegan. And I remember just being a bit annoyed that there was nothing that I could really have. So I had to do quite a lot of preparing from home. But in the grand scheme of things, I feel like my journey has been quite easy. And it's more just like a come on pull yourself together like you can make something at home it's not that hard like I wanted to do it for like ethical reasons so I just figured out a way but for people who still really enjoy meat but want to make a change it's easier now because you can get egg and cress in like Marks and Spencer's in London for example like they've got that it's made of tofu it tastes exactly the same as egg I don't know how it's possible, but it literally tastes exactly the same. So like now it's so easy. I'm always like, come on guys, you've got it easy. I used to have to have the hummus sandwich. (laughs) But yeah, those are kind of my main, my main struggles, but not really struggles if you look at the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I think definitely now is a lot easier than it was. I think cheese is probably what people struggle the most with. I can't remember now how much normal cheese is, but... It can be expensive as well, even the supermarket ones. Yeah, it's still a difference in price. Yeah, it's still a bit of a step up. But I think, yeah, I think maybe the best option is to cut it out or use nutritional yeast, I think is a good one to replace, to use, because it's it's got that taste. Yes, the absolute lifeblood of vegans, basically. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I had never heard of it before. I don't know about you, but before turning vegan, I had never heard about nutritional yeast. No. Me neither. It's like you're opening a door <laughs> to like 
another cooking world. There's so many things I had, I had no idea about before I went vegan. But yeah, it's, there's so many things that you can use and that's so much healthier for you as well. It's true. Yep. You were talking about work and about like sandwiches. I don't know what you do for work, but like has it affected your work when you started being vegan or your life in general? Yeah, so I work as a marketing manager in a cybersecurity company, which is quite random. And cybersecurity is quite male dominated, I would say. So I remember just going into work and like telling the kind of, you know, lads at work or whatever, I'm vegan now. And they were just like, oh no, what? Because it's that sort of attitude of like, men eat meat. This is mm-hmm. a thing, like you've got to be a man and eat meat. And obviously I was saying like, that's not true or whatever. So I just used to always get kind of the piss taken out of me a bit. Like, oh, here she comes. Here's the vegan. What's she going to be eating now? Like salad, oh, you're a rabbit and all this kind of stuff. But like eventually people did kind of warm to the idea and like I would always bring in like vegan chocolate for people to try and like I always had a pot of vegan A's in the fridge and would just sneakily bring it out onto the table to see if anybody would try it and to be fair like most people would give stuff a try and loads of people were like vegan A's is actually better than mayonnaise because it doesn't have that weird aftertaste that mayonnaise can sometimes have so I feel like yeah people got on board with definitely the vegan A's like I wouldn't say like I converted many people at the office or anything but definitely I think planted a seed and we definitely had lots of conversations about the ethics of things and like the morals of you know that phrase oh but bacon and stuff like that like I'm definitely up for a debate if like I, I tried not to talk about it too much but if somebody asked me a question or said one of those phrases to me I'd be like come on then let's go and I just have a debate with them which is quite funny but um yeah I never really had anybody be like horrible about it it was more just like thinking it was funny and kind of like trying to embarrass me and like at work events I'd just be there at the side with like a tiny bowl of lettuce and everybody else would be having really nice meals or whatever I did also have one occasion where I had to go to Belgium for a work conference like a management conference they were like, yeah, 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 it's totally great. We can do vegan. No worries. We'll cater for you. Everybody else was having steak and like a cheese board and all this kind of stuff. And I was waiting for my meal to come out. And what came out was basically like a barely cooked aubergine just in the middle of a plate, like not seasoned at all. I was oh, just no. like, what is this? <laughs> so I had to kind of like cut my way slowly through this aubergine being like, mmm, tastes great. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, that was a low. That was a low moment. <laughs> but yeah, apart from that, it's been pretty fine, to be honest. Well, I think it's great that to be able to actually, as you said, plant a seed in those kind of environments because they're the ones who would be, would be more reluctant to do anything. So if they're trying your food and maybe, you know, later on at some point, they will become vegan. You know, you never know. You never know. Yeah, and so you talked about the lambs. Obviously, it's not a sanctuary. Your sisters and you yourself have rescued them. But is there any sanctuary that you helped or is there any activism that you do apart from having, obviously, your pages? Is there anything else that you've done in the past? So maybe you started when you first became vegan? Yeah, so, I mean, I try to donate wherever I can to, like, good causes and stuff. Um, Ones that I follow on Instagram and I've been to, actually, well, I've been to one of them, is Friend Farm Animal Sanctuary, which is one just outside of London. And I loved going there just because the people are so friendly, they're so kind, like they're just doing so much to help the animals. And I actually learned 
so much when I went there, like just about different practices and different parts of agriculture that I hadn't known about. So I really promote them wherever I can and like try to donate to them wherever I can. And then the other one is the Surge Animal Sanctuary. So there's a restaurant in London called Unity Diner, which actually is run by Earthling Ed. um, And the profits for that all go towards either making documentaries or to the sanctuary, which is now just opened as well. So although it's not like direct activism, I do like to go there because I know that the profits of like whatever food you're having are gonna go to an actual good cause. So I think that's a really good way of doing it because not everyone, I guess, is able to kind of get out in the streets and like protest and like do all this kind of stuff. Sometimes it's just not possible, but there are ways that you can kind of vote with your money and with your food choices because like unity diner is just a great restaurant and like if people are looking for somewhere to go i'll always recommend go there because then you're supporting not only having a vegan meal but supporting animals that have been rescued from slaughter and also then like furthering the kind of activism via the documentaries and the films and stuff so yeah i wouldn't say that i do any like direct activism myself other than like you know my page in my own kind of like slow little way trying to just convince people but yeah i try to support where i can organizations that i think are doing absolutely great work Okay, and so these charities will be the ones that you'd like me to put forward because I like to share charities and sanctuaries, so... Yeah, I think they're both doing great work, yeah. I think, as you say, we don't all have the time. And I think supporting restaurants and supporting sanctuaries is as important because non-vegans can go to them. And with the pandemic and everything that happened, they've been struggling a lot more than they would have. And I think being able to support them, is not activism per se, but I think it's as important as activism because we need more and more of these businesses to flourish. Yeah, exactly. Like I think the more vegan businesses that can be supported and kind of make it and survive, then the more options there are for people when they're out somewhere in town in London, like you could end up just going to a vegan restaurant by accident, you know, the more there are available. And the more good vegan restaurants there are, I think the more people will be convinced that actually it's not a weird thing to do. It's just like really nice food. So yeah, I definitely think supporting your local businesses where you can is also a really good way. And like you said, it's not direct activism, but it is giving different options for people so that in the future there will be more options basically. And in the end, Hopefully that means less animals will die. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And so we're talking about non-vegans and trying out restaurants. What would you say to non-vegans who want to make the switch? What would be your advice? So the thing that I kind of always fall back on is just to not overcomplicate things because I think that people see vegan and they either just think straight away that it's super weird or that vegans are weird or that it's really complicated And they start trying to think, oh, well, I could never do that because it's just too complicated or it's too overwhelming or intimidating or something. So I always just say, don't overcomplicate it. Just think of maybe like three recipes that are your favorite things to eat and literally just switch the ingredients. Like if even if that is, let's say it's a bolognese, you can easily find either a meat-free meat, so to speak, to do the mince and just do the exact same recipe you would always do, except with a meat replacement or you just switch the meat for lentils and it's literally exactly the same. Like you don't have to do anything different. You can even put your favorite wine in there. You know what I mean? Like it's the same. So I think just think of recipes that you love anyway and just switch the ingredients to the vegan equivalent. And that way you don't feel like you're reinventing the wheel or doing anything out there. You're just having your favorite meals and they still taste really freaking good. So that's definitely my advice. Keep it simple stick with stuff you love and also 
watch out for things that are accidentally vegan. For example, Oreos. You can still eat Oreos. <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great advice. It's true. There's so many things that can be accidentally vegan. So, I mean, it takes work because you have to look at the ingredients, but I think you get used to it. I think it becomes a habit to look at ingredients after a while. And Yes, you need to get sort of laser vision scanning the back of the packets like you see vegans that you're just looking super closely at the packets like trying to discover but you do get used to it and you get used to the kind of weird terminology that they use in the back of the packets if anybody yeah. has any questions about that ask me because i've spent so long researching these weird words <laughs> well actually uh, you can tell where people can find you online because you have so you said you have an instagram page and you have a blog as well i know you you go around London and you try lots of restaurants as well. So tell us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so my Instagram page is just at farmgirlgoesvegan. And then my website is farmgirlgoesvegan.com. And yes, I have been sort of traveling around London, trying all the restaurants. So if anybody wants to go to any restaurants with me, just message me and let me know a good one. And I will definitely go there with you because I'm always looking for new places to go. So yeah, that's where to find me. And thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here. And is there anything you're planning to do or you would like us to know, like any project that you have maybe with your page or anything that you'd like to do? Um, yeah, so I'm going to be in London for another few weeks and then I'll be heading back to Ireland. And once while I'm there, I'm kind of continuing a project of trying to veganize the stuff I had whenever I was a kid. So there's a lot of kind of traditional Northern Irish recipes that my mum would have made. Like, for example, I did an Irish stew around about the time of St. Patrick's Day, which I made a vegan version of, which actually came out so well. I was really, really happy with that. But yeah, so just trying to veganize stuff that my mum made for us as kids, because it's like you have that kind of nostalgia around food and like remembering things from your childhood yeah. and how they tasted. Even there's certain like cakes and sweet treats and stuff so I'm kind of working on a bit of a project to kind of continue veganizing those that's kind of my main focus for the next while and then we'll just see where the vegan world takes me I guess <laughs> well that's great I think that should be a book having like northern Irish you know veganized recipes <laughs> Ooh, that's an idea <laughs> <laughs> we'll see yeah well good luck with everything and um yeah, thank you so much for being here. And I look forward to see what you do on your page and uh, also the lambs. I look forward to see a happy life, likely for them. Yeah, exactly. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun chatting to you. Um, <laughs> and yeah, all the best. And watch out for the lambs and what they're doing next. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And if you have any thoughts on today's episode or suggestions for my next guests, email me at hello at starryvegans.com or message me on Instagram at starryvegans. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.